0: Good morning. Welcome to Brachos Daf Nun, page fifty. In yesterday's Daf, we talked. The Mishnah talked about a difference that if you have three people, you say Shachal that we should bless Hashem, but if you have three plus one, you say that you three should bless him. Uh, and the Gemara, uh, uh, opens up with an idea in the name of Shmuel that really you should not do this. You shouldn't say Barhu even if you have four, because if you say Barhu, you're saying you should bless Hashem, and you're being Yotzi, Adam Masat's you're separating yourself from the, from the general uh, group of people, and you're not supposed to separate yourself from the group of people when you're blessing Hashem. So therefore, we actually rule that it's better, it's actually preferable, the Gemara goes through different, uh, different theories, but actually we say that it's preferable to say Nevarev Shachan even if you have four people, you don't say Barhu. I think more even says that the, the Nakhtonim, which were, maybe that's the word for Nudnik, I'm not sure, um, would actually say, would actually be very particular about this and make sure that people actually said, uh, The Gemara goes on, it talks about different languages that are problematic when you're doing Zimun. For instance, you're supposed to say um, that we live by Hashem's goodness, not tuvo from His goodness, which sounds like we're saying that we don't get all of God's goodness. Um, but however, when we're asking for things, when we're not praising Hashem, but we're asking for things, then we actually say only Hashem should give us from His goodness. And the idea is that we don't want to be too um, demanding when we ask for things. The one exception to that rule is when we're asking for Torah, Um, then we ask Hashem, please give us everything when it comes to Torah study. Um, Other languages that are problematic, if you say, you're supposed to say, um, that we ate from Hashem's goodness, not to the one, because maybe the one, maybe you're referring to somebody else, it's not clear, except if actually um, certain languages that might be unclear. But if you actually have a Zimun of 10 and you're clearly saying Elokeinu, then it obviously, obviously becomes uh, clear and it becomes okay. The Gmar points out that there's actually a debate in the Mishnah, even though it's not simple when you're reading the Mishnah about this whole idea that everyone agrees that when you have three, you say, nevareich. Everyone agrees that when you have ten, you say, add elokeinu, but then in the Mishnah, there was one opinion that seems to say that when you have a hundred, you add more language. Hashem elokeinu. When you have a thousand, you add more. When you have ten thousand, you have even a greater language of praising Hashem. Um, but actually, the P- opinion, that's Rabbi Yosef, but the opinion of Rabbi Akiva, which we probably like, is that once you get to 10, there's no greater language. You always just say, uh, you don't add any extra languages there. Um, interesting Gemara that says that uh, in one opinion, uh, from one verse uh, that for one rabbi was using to teach us laws of Zimun, another rabbi taught us that... That it teaches us that even the ubrim, even the fetuses that were pregnant in, the, in their mother, who were, when their mother was pregnant, when they went through the yamsuf, said Shira, uh, saying the sang the song at the Red Sea. Okay, the Gemara goes on and talks about the idea. And the next Mishnah talks about the idea that if you have six people who ate together, then they're not allowed to divide. They have to make a zimun, um, and so, similarly four and five. But once you get six, and they could divide because they have two zimuns of three. And but once you get up to ten, then they can't divide because even though they would have two zimuns of three, maybe even two zimuns of five, but they can't divide because then you're going to deprive them of being able to say the word Uh, uh The Gemara ends the mission. The Mishnah ends, which talk, which talk about the, the idea of let's say you have undiluted wine. In the old days, they had very very strong wine that actually was diluted three parts water, one part wine. And the um, halacha is that if you have wine that's not diluted, it's called Yain Chai. Uh, according to one opinion, you cannot make kiddush on it. You can't do zimun on it, I'm sorry. And according to the other opinion, you actually cook. Okay, the Gemara then continues uh, and discuss, discusses a, uh, uh, ways of making a zimun. In other words, even though we normally say that you have to have people eating together, but well, let's say two people ate in on one side of the room and two people ate on the other side of the room. As long as they can see each other, then they can start if they could join. The Gemara even says, quotes a brahmin, that says that even if they can't see each other, but if there's one shamash, if there's one waiter that's serving both the tables, that is koveh. That actually connects the two, the two different tables. Um, the Gemara continues and talks about a question of, um, uh, let's say before you actually dilute the wine, what bracha does it have? So one opinion of the Gemara is that the bracha would actually be bore priya etz, and it's so not considered wine that you can actually use that really strong wine because um, it's not considered wine for for washing your hands, but that's not actually how we pass it. We pass that the bracha wouldn't be bore priya gafen, The only thing is that you would not use it for, for kosher bracha. You wouldn't use it for, for benching um, because there it has to be diluted. It has to be in the ideal way. It has to be a mitzvah min ha and um, the to talk about different things that we say about bread, how we're supposed to honor bread. And one of the things, very importantly, we're not supposed to throw bread. Um, interesting that there is a custom, some people have a custom to throw bread on Friday night. Obviously, this might be different because you're trying to get the people to perform the mitzvah a little bit faster. And from here, we have a whole discussion about throwing different foods. And the bottom line is you're allowed to throw bread. I mean, you're not allowed to throw bread under any circumstance, but other foods, you can throw them as long as it won't come to meals, as long as it won't come to, for them to be disgusting, they'll be trampled on, they'll get dirty, they'll get disgusting. And from here, we have discussions about actually throwing things at chas and at the bride and groom. And we talk about how you can even pour wine down these pipes that would even, even perhaps, even if it would go to be wasted, but since you're doing it to mesamea, chas and kala to gladden them, and also we talk about throwing uh, candies or sweets at them, and the, the post can say that uh, you shouldn't even do that custom if you're going to talk about, let's say, dried fruit that might get trampled on. But as long as it's something that won't get trampled on, it will be OK. We conclude the discussion of what happens if you put food into your mouth without making a bracha. And bottom line is we said there are three possibilities. If it's liquid, then you just swallow it because there's no, nothing you can do about it. But if it's a food that, that you can just take out of your mouth, let's say like a hard candy or something like that, then you take it out of your mouth and you would make the bracha. But let's say it's something that if you start chew- once you chew on it, it'll be disgusting to take out, then you just move it to the side of your mouth and you make the bracha. Uh well that concludes daf non.